0: Welcome to the Benakiva Connects Podcast, a podcast exploring the challenges and transformational technology in the insurance industry. Join us as we talk about industry issues and the technology, tactics, and tools that will help your business become a beneficiary-first company. We are on a mission to help our clients become customer-centric in their approach to claims management with powerful processes, customer experiences, and technology. Now, here's your host, Ashley Oxholm.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Benekiva Connects podcast. I am your host, Ashley Oxholm, and we have the privilege of having Emma Roloff here today. Now, if the name sounds familiar, it's because we interviewed her several weeks ago and we asked her to come back. So she is our first official second time guest here on the Benekiva Connects podcast. Yes. How are you today, Emma?
2: I'm doing well. It's just the first signs of spring, so it's hard not to be smiley and happy on a day like today.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. I welcome the warm weather, but I also still can't go outside for longer than five minutes because the pollen count is off the charts right now. For all of our listeners, we are in or around Des Moines, Iowa, and spring is budding here. So I want to uh just have you remind our listeners a little bit about who you
2: are and what you do. Yeah. So, as you said, my name is Emma Roloff and I'm the director of PNC Solutions for EIS and so we're going to talk all about what this means, but we're a policy admin or development company working across kind of the verticals of insurance. But my focus specifically is in the realm of PNC. We also have life, health and benefits solutions as a part of the solution portfolio at eis and then in addition to that role i've got my hands in a lot of social media stuff so i do a fair amount on linkedin youtube and tiktok interviewing folks in the space of digital transformation and kind of connecting the dots across the insurance industry to help people kind of understand how to manage a successful transformation
1: absolutely All of our listeners, you have to go find her on LinkedIn. Not only does she bring a lot of value and a lot of information, but it's absolutely entertaining. It's not boring at all. It's very entertaining. I've learned a lot just by watching Emma's different clips and TikToks and videos and different things there. So definitely go over to LinkedIn and find Emma Roloff with EIS. Give her a follow or connect with her. So, but let's dive in and let's talk about admin systems, because if you're in the insurance industry for all of our listeners, you understand that the admin system is pretty much your point of truth for all of your transactions and everything that you do within the organization. But I'm going to have Emma talk a little bit about, you know, for our listeners who maybe don't know or don't work as directly with it, what exactly is an admin system and what is it there to do?
2: Yeah. So I think the easiest way to explain it for someone that might not be familiar with it, just as you said, Ashley, is that it's a single point of truth, but it's a software platform that's designed to really manage the entire life cycle of an insurance policy. So, you know, kind of easy way to think of it is like quote to claim and or, again, kind of beyond that claim to the entire life cycle of a policy, including things like renewal processes We'll probably get into this a little bit more as we continue with our conversation, but there's also, you know, full suite solutions or solutions that will focus on a portion of that process. And so again, depending on how long the carrier's been around, what their technology approach has been, you might see a mix of platforms being used for that kind of end to end process. But what we do at EIS and what a lot of other solution providers in this space have is full suite solutions, which kind of go across billing policy management and claims management. And there's some benefits that come with going with a full suite approach. And there's some considerations to make if that's going to be the right play for you, depending on your own individual organization. But when you start to look at things like a full suite approach, you're looking at ease of integration because you're not sticking together all of these different solutions. And you're typically able to get some efficiencies that come with automations and kind of that seamless feel throughout that entire process. But depending on the organization, the size, the number of policies and all sorts of different variables, there are approaches that will look at like best of breed for billing, separate from policy, separate from claims or like, you know, we I'm sure we'll get to a little bit more, you know, those older legacy custom built solutions that have hung on for a very long time and then had a newer claim solution added on or a newer billing solution and kind of like had this approach that's kind of evolved over time, but haven't taken that kind of full suite approach.
1: Absolutely. And for our listeners, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, those different approaches. But first, let's just talk about the importance of a quality admin system. And from you know benakiva we're an end-to-end claims and servicing platform and we were able to integrate with any admin system however when we were talking to organizations a lot of times they're like oh my goodness we're the term has been like you know we're bleeding claims issues you know so we need to solve that first we start talking to them and we realize like oh their their admin system is really like in dire need of change and so Let's talk a little bit about the importance of just having that
2: quality admin system. So I think, you know, as is the case with any enterprise software platform, there is a large amount of change that has to happen with replacing it. And so what we've seen within the insurance industry is just the sheer amount of data and business continuity that's held within that platform can make it really, really intimidating for carriers to pull the trigger on replacing a platform. It is, you know, core replacement, I always say, is not for the faint of heart. It's not a small project. It's not something that you can do without careful consideration of how you're going to roll out that platform, how it's going to impact your employees, your partners, and your business processes. So it's certainly not a small undertaking. But because of how much is riding on this platform that's in the center of the business and really, truly running so much of your day-to-day operations and kind of feeding through these connections to other platforms like your guys's, there is this propensity to keep solutions in place for longer than is probably appropriate because there's so much risk associated with the change. And so what we see a lot of within this space is, you know, there are still plenty of carriers and probably a bit more on the life and annuity side than possibly the PNC, but there's still plenty on the PNC side that are running on these custom developed legacy core platforms. And back in the day when these platforms were initially developed and implemented, they were incredibly innovative. I always talk about insurance carriers as being like the OG innovators because we were really the first industry or one of the first industries to start bringing technology into the way that we were managing our data and our processes. But a lot of those tools were developed around the time or maybe even before I was born. Yeah. And as somebody who works in this space was a like, you know, not a fresh off the block career. To be able to say that some of these software platforms are older than me still kind of blows my mind every once in a while. And this is not something that's unique specifically to the insurance industry. But I think the time frame in which we've been using these platforms is a little bit longer because we were quick to the draw of implementing technology in the first place. Now, when we look at kind of the evolution that's taken, I don't want to make it sound like everybody's on these old AS400 systems still. They still exist. They're still out there. But what happened is about 15-ish years ago, a lot of carriers started to make the move to more modern policy admin solutions or maybe started developing a version two of their own custom-developed application. And they, in their minds, feel like they just went through this whole process of implementing a new solution. Because it was such a large undertaking. And when you look at the the leadership that was involved in that, and again, the longevity that comes with some of the careers in insurance, somebody may have been involved with selecting that solution 15 years ago and implementing it. And it took them five years to feel like they finally got it done. So 10 years later, from that point where they just finished it to now, it feels like they just did it. And why would they do it again? But we know that technology moves way too quickly for us to feel like we just did something that was completed 10, 15 years ago. And so now we're kind of starting to see this next evolution of what that looks like. And it's going hand in hand with a lot of like the insured tech innovation that's happening. And people are realizing that if we want to be able to take advantage of new and emerging technologies that are coming towards us at lightning speed, We have to have a different kind of core solution at the center that's easy to integrate, that's flexible enough for us to interact with these other platforms, probably cloud native in most scenarios, so that, again, you're able to kind of start moving towards that new version of what we're seeing in the technology landscape. But it's still scary. And that feeling of we just did it and how much work is this going to take for us to implement? is still a big barrier for a lot of carriers to get themselves to that newest version of claims and policy and billing technology.
1: Absolutely. We run into this a lot at Benekiva when we're talking to carriers. One, they'll build out internal platforms. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this here in a few minutes. But they built out this platform. They hired people to maintain this platform. And it's already outdated. And that's when Benekiva, you know, we came to the table and like, look, we're going to do this. Uh, Apple style here where you have regular updates where implementation from start to finish is six months. And so you're living, working, breathing in a platform where you're able to process claims and do all of the servicing, you know, you're quickly and you're not ever, as a carrier, having to worry about upgrading or making those changes. Those upgrades are just automatic. And that's the reason we did that is we talked to these major carriers. I mean, life insurance is old. It's been around for longer than the United States has. And so you have these legacy systems where they're being manned and maintained by, I mean, these are like five people's full-time jobs just to keep this afloat. And this is just a claim system. That's not even talking about an admin system, which does even more. And so, you know, we've talked with carriers and it's hard, like you said, you know, they're like, we just did this 10 years ago. And when I think 10 years ago, I'm like 2013, that wasn't 10 years ago. Like, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. It was 10 years ago. (laughs) Like, And so I totally can relate to that feeling of like, oh, my goodness, 10 years really wasn't that long, but it's so long. 10 years in technology terms might as well be 100, you know, because it's like every two years. I mean, think about how much technology has changed in the last two years.
2: Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I think of even what's happened with AI and generative AI over the last three months, let alone years and years. And this is not to criticize those companies. The insurance industry is known for being cautious and risk-adverse because we have a really big promise to uphold for our customers. So this is not to say that I don't understand the mitigation of risk that has to happen and the thought process behind why this is such a big change for people. But you are opening yourself up to significantly more risk if you're operating on these old platforms that, I mean, The best example was the the West Airline example earlier this year of a core technology solution that was 25 years old, 30 years old, going down because a perfect storm happened. Now, and again, I know you guys focus on the life side, but on the PNC side, think about what happens every time a cap goes, you know, like, and you're in this moment of truth where it's your job to respond at the worst time in somebody's life and your core system goes down and you're completely unable to help them, you are suddenly opened up to so much ridicule, lawsuits, substantial risk that comes from that. And nobody believes that they're going to end up in that situation. But again, perfect storm for Southwest. Bad weather, holiday travel, system goes down. And now they've got lawsuits and extra things on top of it. And it's going to cost them probably five to six times the amount that it would have cost them to replace the software and mitigate the risk on the front end. And so that's just like such an easy example for so many people to wrap their brains around because it was like had so much news coverage. Almost everybody knew someone that was impacted by that. But I've also heard stories of not necessarily on the policy admin side, but other platforms that aren't in the cloud. And suddenly you lose access to that system that's not in the cloud because of a catastrophe that happened over your data center. And because of how interconnected everything is, all of a sudden you can't process claims because you don't have access to the documents that are in the backend. So, yep. you know, all of this stuff is so interconnected that you have to really truly ask yourself how much risk you're opening yourself up to by having these outdated systems in place, as opposed to the risk that comes with replacing them. Absolutely. And on the
1: claim side of it, you know, I think it was, I'm going to say like 10 to 12 years ago, there was a large carrier who I won't name on this podcast because there's just no need to embarrass them, who didn't, because of their outdated claim system, they ended up not paying out a lot of claims. And there's a common misconception within life insurance that they don't want to pay claims. Trust me, they do because they were fined $350 million for not paying out claims. So There is just a huge risk about using these antiquated systems. And no one cares when you're like, oh, our system was just old and couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. No one's going to care about that. You know, you're going to get what you have coming to you. And so I think understanding that, you know, vital importance of a solid admin system and a solid claims platform, because there are things that never stop. Claims, servicing, and new business will never stop. No matter what you're going through, no matter what transition you're going through, they're going to happen, while well, you at least hope new business is always happening, forever and ever and ever. And you're always going to need a solid admin system. Always. You know, otherwise you're going to be stuck in those situations where you're getting penaltied and fined because you're not following the laws of the industry. So let's talk a little bit about what an admin system doesn't do. Because I think there are a lot of admin systems out there now, and I'm going to refrain from naming them by name, even though I want to, who promise a lot that they maybe don't deliver on to the level that they need to. So let's talk about what an admin system is not for.
2: So I think, I mean, we could probably make a very long list of things that an admin system is not for. The best way, so prior to coming into this role, what I previously did was working with process automation tools and so the way that i explained this then is that core platforms whether it's in the insurance industry or any other industry are built with ultimately the idea of managing data and the processes that are driven by that data very effectively and but there is a stop point and where those interactions take place And that's when you need to rely on strong integration points. And um, so when we start to look at things like what typically you would see as an integration point with a platform would be things like document management. There might be some management components and ability to retrieve documents from within your screen, but you're typically going to be relying on a different platform that's operating in the back end and a supporting role. We're not gonna be able to typically manage payments. You're going to integrate with a payment provider. So there's a long list of things that your platform can't do. But again, what you're gonna want is to be able to manage the core portions of your process within the form. Now, there are things even within our own core platform that we manage above and beyond within a claims management solution. So things like fraud detection. We have some fraud capabilities within our core platform But depending on what a carrier is looking for, we have capabilities above and beyond that are a modular component that can be integrated with our core platform or brought in and integrated with another competing core platform, depending on the use case. Things like automation and integration orchestration, we have components of our platform that probably fall outside of the typical core solution that people would think of that allow us to integrate and build out these experiences and kind of orchestrate these experiences differently. But again, it's not necessarily the core components of the solution. And so I think what's really important, because I'm not going to be able to list it all in this, would be making, you know, being clear with yourself as you're going into a selection process to sit down and review exactly what your list of requirements are. And then do a little bit of homework on your end as well in terms of delineating what those capabilities are that are going to fall within your core platform, what you're going to have to contract with externally, and how all of those integrations are going to work and really mapping things out. You know, any core provider, I would say, like, worth their weight is going to be honest with you about what they can and cannot do. Now, there's obviously, like a grain of salt from like a sales perspective of like, you know, people are, salespeople are known for saying like, of course we can do that. When I'm having a conversation with someone, if they start talking about underwriting workbench functionality, well, we have a rating engine, but we don't have a workbench and there's a difference. And let's talk through what your requirements are and let's talk through the use case and see if what we have is going to meet your need or if you need to find another solution for us to integrate with. And so again, there's, if you just ask a surface level question, you may get like, yeah, we have reading It's like, OK, but like what is the requirement and what is the need? And so as a buyer, you have to be very aware of what your needs are and what your requirements are and be informed enough to be able to ask the right questions so that you don't find yourself in a situation where you maybe didn't dig deep enough to understand the full capabilities. And then you get yourself in a situation where you feel like you are misled. Because maybe you didn't do your homework on the front end to really truly understand what your requirements were and how that interacts with these platforms. Now, again, I would advocate that salespeople help educate and help inform. (laughs) And that is definitely my sales style. But I would say you also kind of if you're going out and making these types of enterprise decisions, you have to have done a little bit of your own homework in terms of understanding where those points are and how to ask the questions the right way. Absolutely. We've
1: had people, you know, they ask like, Ben why don't you just be an admin system? And we aren't specifically because we're like, no, we are focusing on those claims and servicing and workflow claims from intake to payout. So includes all of the paying out, you know, everything that you need in between. We're like, we want to focus on that and we want to do that very well and integrate with any admin system there is out there. But it is, it's about doing your due diligence and understanding what your needs are as a carrier before, you know, moving forward. And so let's, we're going to backtrack just a little bit and we're going to talk about partnering versus building an admin system. As everyone who's ever heard me speak, I'm always like partner, partner, partner. The number one rule I have, or the number one rule we talk about here is let us what do what we do well and you do what you do well, which is insurance. But let the technology companies do what they do well, which is technology. But Emma, tell me a little bit about your thought about, you know, the
2: buying versus building of an admin system. So I actually just like got into an internet debate with somebody about this the other day because the CEO of Microsoft was like quoted saying that every company should think of themselves as a software company and saying that's how like the way that the world is going to work moving forward is every company needs to be a software company. And I vehemently disagree with that. I think every company needs to be strategic in the way that they're using software. But I would opt in the same direction as you in the fact that when you take a look at true transformation, and especially on the core side, like we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, there is nothing small about replacing a core platform within your organization. And even going from a core platform to just a claims component of that, or as I mentioned, I did process automation stuff before when you're implementing a case management solution, even if it's only with one department, stakes are high when it comes to implementing new software and changing the way that you do business. And especially within the insurance industry and like doubly (laughs) important within the P&C insurance industry, your customer experience and making sure that you don't fumble During any of those interaction points, whether it's new business or policy servicing or a claims experience, that customer experience is something that 47% of policyholders in the PNC space say is what makes them decide who they're going to work with as a carrier. Oh, I believe And we all know how quickly if you fumble on one of those experiences, somebody will switch directions and go to another carrier at renewal time. And so the stakes are incredibly high. And why would you add additional risk and additional components to what you already have to manage? When we, like, when you take a look at transformation, there's three main components there's your people, there's the process, and then there's the technology. Yet when you outsource that technology piece and truly hone in on how you're managing the process, in making sure that you're managing the transition and the change appropriately with your people, why wouldn't you focus on the piece that can truly differentiate that project and make it really successful if you've partnered with the right people from a technology perspective? You open yourself up to so much more if you then try to also become a software development company that has to like be solely responsible for all three of those components. And just what you said, like, yeah, technology can be a really big differentiator, but it's not necessarily like the technology functionality when we're looking at something like a core platform or really anything beyond like maybe your AI algorithms that are driving underwriting decisions or something like that. There's not a lot of like proprietary, super, super emerging technology that's coming out of carriers on their own. They're typically using tools and components that have been developed by a software developer to then put their own proprietary processes around or their own algorithms or their own components to make them unique and then change the game with the way that they're implementing technology. You're not necessarily going to change the game or win new business by developing your own proprietary tools. You're going to do it with the way that you implement technology. And I think that if you can get your mind wrapped around that, it's not who developed it, but it's how you use it. And you can win the game by implementing it the right way and embracing the change the right way within your organization. You're going to come out ahead almost every single Absolutely. I could not agree more. And
1: we're going to, you know, I always like to end every podcast with what's an opportunity for growth or advice or whatever you want to call it for Carrier. And my advice to carriers would really be like explore partnering with technology companies. Don't take this on yourself. Don't build out your own admin system. That's going to be a legacy system in two years. Just partner, partner, partner as much as you can. And I know my listeners are going to be really like annoyed that I keep saying that, but it's so vital and just to the success for the industry as a whole. So as we close,
2: Emma, what advice would you give for our carriers out there? I am a bit of a broken record myself and kind of going off of what I just said, remember that there are three key components to the way that you transform your organization. And especially as we look at things like the talent gap that's starting to get more and more intense within our industry, focusing on making sure that you're doing what you need to embrace change within your organization and bring your people along And get them really invested in how you're adapting to new technology and responding to the market and really getting them on board with what your vision of the company moving forward is going to look like is going to serve you, again, a lot better than trying to hire and retain and support high price tag development resources to build out your own software development shop in the background. Focus on the people that you've got and nurturing the talent that you have and bringing them along on the journey of what the new version of insurance is going to look like and focusing on what you do and how you can improve your processes and improve like kind of the fundamental insurance product by using technology and kind of shifting that thought process to the insurance and what you do first with your people in your process and then using technology to enable people in process as opposed to leading with a technology approach.
1: Absolutely. That is an excellent word of advice for our carriers. Please listen to us. We ask so nicely. Please listen to us. For all of our listeners out there, thank you so much. This has been great, Emma. Thank you. Please go to our Ben Connects page at benakiva.com and follow us and listen to all of our podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn and hop over and find Emma and follow her as well. And thank you all. We'll see you next week. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Benekiva Connects podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.benakivaconnects.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS. So you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you liked this show, you might want to check out a demo of our software. Simply go to www.benakiba.com and click Request a Demo. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode where we will continue setting the digital foundation for end-to-end claims and servicing transformation.